Good morning. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to be here with you this morning to preach God's word. Um, just thinking about the fact that the last time I preached a sermon was four weeks ago in Medellin, Colombia, so it's fun to be back with my own church family with the opportunity to, to preach God's word. And um, I've traveled a lot this fall, way too many times. I've been away from Illinois for different reasons, but I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to, to be back here in Illinois and back with my church family for several weeks. Uh, so it's, I'm glad to be here this morning with you. Um, I'd like to start this morning, um, if you wouldn't mind putting that picture up there, Patty, of the, the churches. Um, I'd like to start by just showing you some pictures of our trip to Columbia with some of the churches that we, met, met, that we were partnering with. Um, so this is the church in Robledo. So that was the second day when we were up kind of in the hills in the mountains. So you can go to the next one. Yeah, this is the church that we met with in Caldas, which was the city market park ministry that we did. So that's picture that next picture. So this is the, the church the last day in, in Florencia. Um, we, we worked with them on the last day and uh, did ministry and then the last picture. And then this is the, the picture from the first day. So that's the church I preached at four weeks ago and uh, the Abundant Life Church there in Medellin. So I just wanted you to be able to see some pictures of the churches that we work with because um, it is a joy always in, in ministry. When you go to foreign countries, when you go on mission trips, they have the opportunity to partner with other churches and to see how God is working in other contexts and other cultures and how as the broad, large church we are working together for the same purpose, right? We have the same goal of sharing the gospel with other people. And so today, we're finishing up our series in the idea of renewing your mind, uh, based out of, the, of Romans 12, 1 and 2. And today, we're going to finish by talking about what is the purpose of the church. And so, again, I, I don't want to ever get away from the fact of understanding that there is a broader, bigger church that is in the history of um, of the world in the time since Jesus uh, left, that the church became this worldwide global leading group of Christians. But today, I want to hone in more on focusing on what is the purpose of the local church, what we're doing here, why, why are we here, what are we doing, and how the local church can help to renew our minds. And so that's where we're, we're going with this morning. And so we have just come off of uh, Pastor Aaron um, covered some very tough topics uh, very faithfully. I'm so thankful uh, with this series, with the boldness and clarity on some of these major hot-button topics that we need to hear, that we need to talk about that are very important to us. And, you know, Pastor Aaron talked about the idea of politics last week, and he didn't have the opportunity to leave for two weeks after because Israel trip, so he didn't have that opportunity to leave there, so I hope he didn't get too much flack. Well, this week from teaching on that topic, but I... I I appreciated um, covering a topic like that because it's not often something that we talk about um, in the church, so I was very appreciative of that. And I've been appreciative of this whole series. I've loved sitting under this, this series, and I'm glad for the opportunity to talk about this this morning. So looking a little bit about the, the historical context of the church. So in the Old Testament times, we know that they would meet together often on Saturdays. They would meet in the synagogues um, on the Sabbath to meet together. Um, and, and worship together as, as the people of God. But as Jesus came, as Jesus died on the cross, he rose again on the third day, and then he ascended back into heaven when he left. Um, the Gentiles and Jews came together, and they built what was called the church. 
they collectively met together and they changed their day of meeting, right? They changed the day to meet on the day that commemorate the day that Jesus rose on Sunday, the, on the third day when he rose on the Sunday. So they started meeting on Sundays. And so there's this term that the, is in the Greek that we use to talk about what the church is, and that is ekklesia. And that meaning, the meaning of the church, the church or ekklesia is a stronger Greek meaning for kind of a, the people meeting together, gathering with a strong purpose of common identity. Now, we know that back then and even now, there are groups that meet together with strong common identities over all kinds of things. There's sports teams, uh, there's musical groups, there's things, are the social media groups that people gather together with, with strong common identity. The difference for the church is, is that we're not we're not doing our strong common identity about a thing or a purpose of thing. We, we do it surrounding a person. So the ecclesia, their strong common identity is a person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We surround our, our life and our message and our meeting together about him. And that's what I want us to see this morning is the ecclesia, the church, the purpose of our church is coming together with that strong common identity of following the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that is what we are called to do. And so if you'd open up your Bibles, we're going to look at three different passages this morning that help us understand the purpose of the local church. So we are going to start by talking about the united body of Christ, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you would open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look at a few verses there. We'll start in verse 12. So if you follow along with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Paul writes, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all who are made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So you look at the, the verses previous to what I just read, and what... Paul is laying out there for us is that they are spiritual gifts that the Lord bestows on all of us. The Holy Spirit provides us all with different gifts that we can use to glorify God and to help build the church and to witness to those in the world around us. And so what he's saying there as he finishes up this talk about spiritual gifts is reminding us that we all are brought together to work together almost as like a puzzle, as pieces of a puzzle to bring glory to God, to, to build the church. And so he says there, in verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So you might have the gift of evangelism. You might have the gift of encouragement. You might have the gift of preaching or teaching. But all of those things are given to us because God has a plan. He is in sovereign control of all of us. And so he is giving us those gifts because he wants to put together the puzzle of the church to be built, to witness to the world, to come together to worship God, to encourage us in our faith. So we are given these gifts in order that we can be built together as one cohesive unit, as one body together. So Paul is challenging us here that we are to function together in unity. Now, we don't always see that, right? We're sinful people, we have pride, we have struggles, so sometimes we don't always work together as we should, but that is the goal. That is what we're called to do. We are all called to work together to be unified as the body of Christ, right? Because we, that, that is the term, we are, we are the body of Christ. We are 
together as a community working for the glory of Christ. So, what is it that you can do to be a part of this? It's sometimes to set aside our own pride of that thinking that we should have our preferences and our, our goals and our gifts should be put as the front and center. Sometimes we have to be in the background to allow others to use their gifts and abilities so they can build up the church. Because the goal is, is not for us to be front and center. The goal isn't for us to have our preferences. The goal is for Christ to be glorified. Each and every person in this room, each and every person that has followed Christ by faith, has the relationship with Jesus, has a part to play. We all have different roles and parts in playing in this serving in the local church. So what are yours? What do you feel like the Lord has gifted you to do to be able to contribute to Eureka Bible Church? Or if you're visiting Tafer somewhere else or you're going to a different church, where is it in your church that you could serve? Where, how have you uniquely been made? We all have the part to play in this local church. We are one body, but many members. We're not all the same. We're all uniquely made, and we are all made to honor Christ and be together as the church. Verse 13, for in one spirit we are baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of the spirit. I love the words that he uses there that we are all baptized into one body. We are all been brought together into the family of God. It doesn't, it, because we're looking back in the Old Testament, it was the people of God, the Israelites, but now Jews and Gentiles are together. So Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different colors of skin, all kinds of people from different nations are all together. The church should look different from the world, right? Because the world often what does the world do? It tries to kind of come together in little cliques together with people that we're like-minded with. But the church should look different than that. The church, I, I'm not talking about like-mindedness when it comes to doctrine, right, in the Bible, but I'm talking about just different backgrounds like jobs and uh, financial um, setup, like who you are as a person, that we, can, we come together differently. We, we're, we're not the same. But we can come together surrounded and united on the message of the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel. So I, I think the world should see that the church is open to having all kinds of different types of people from different places and backgrounds to be a part of it because the gospel saves all kinds of different types of people. And so the, the church should look different from the world often because of that. And I, I like the words that he used there. He says, all were made to drink of one spirit that we all are drinking from the same fountain of, of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us as followers of Christ. If we are true believers in Jesus, we all drink from the same fountain of the Spirit that is given to us as followers of Jesus. So the last verse there, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So we are one church, we are one united body of Christ, but we are uniquely made and different. All people are included, can be included in that. If they follow Jesus, if they believe in the gospel, we are all part of the church. The body is made up of many persons and parts that work together for the glory of God. So this morning, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have entered into the global church, the universal church, but you are to commit yourself to a local church. You are an adopted son and daughter of Jesus. So you're called to marry yourself to a local church in the sense that you commit to it, you're serving it faithfully as the Lord leads you to do that. 
And also, we're talking about renewing our minds, right? So the church helps us to renew our minds in lots of different ways, right? So we, we know that the goal is always to have that renewing of our minds through the church, that we are hearing word taught and preached. We are singing songs of worship that have great lyrics that help us to lift our hands in worship to the Lord. We fellowship with one another to encourage and hold each other accountable. So we are working together always to renew our minds and renew ourselves and be encouraged and held accountable in walking in a, in a worthy manner with Jesus Christ. Of course, all of our churches will face division and struggle along the way, but the goal is always to find deeper unity. Anything in this world will try to offer you. There's nothing more better, there's nothing better than unity that the church can offer because we are surrounded by something that's a, we, we are connected and united by something that is more important than anything in this world, and that is a relationship with Jesus. So our unity can be deeper and stronger. So we don't unify around our social statuses or our programs or preferences or color of skin, but around a person in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are his body. We are connected together with, with him. So that's where our unity is found, and that is, that is how we are to live it out. And one of my favorite things to call our church and the churches I've worked with that I've been part of, that I've been connected and, and served with, is to call it a church family. I believe that is a term that we should use often because that's what we are. We are a church family. We are together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are, we are connected. We are connected with a book, right? We have, we have a book that unites us, which is the very words of God that we're, we're speaking about now. We have, we have a book. We also have a meal that we celebrate together with, right? We, we have our fellowship meals, but I'm speaking more of the communion that we have together, where we remember and remind ourselves of what Christ has done for us. We also have a celebration where we celebrate when people come to know Christ, but specifically through the other ordinance, which is baptism, where people come to know Christ. And we are a connected body of believers that come from different backgrounds and, and different um, uh, financial setups and other things like that, that we are all together as a body of Christ. We are not enemies of one another. We are connected as a body of believers. And we are able to help to raise each other's children together in the family as well, right? We're a church family, so we're doing that together. We are helping each other's children to hear the gospel, to, to understand what it looks like to live like a Christian. Now, I know many of you probably have already heard this news this morning because my daughter Macy will tell everybody uh, but we had a very special opportunity yesterday to see our daughter Macy receive Jesus as Lord and Savior into her, into her heart. And um, that is all of Christ's work, but it would not happen without the church family coming together to help with our family. Because we have adopted these, uh, our three, Michael, Marlene, and Macy, five, five years ago plus, and you all have been a part of that. You have been a part of helping to build up all three of our kids by loving on them, to show them what loves to Christ, teaching them. And so I just want you to know that I love being part of this church family for the aspect of the fact that my children are seeing what it means to live for Christ through you all. Because it doesn't just happen by one person or multiple people. We need all of each other. We need, we, everybody needs everyone. And so we are a church family, and I love that term, and I hope that's a term that we will continue to use for years to come. The second point I want to make today is the idea of, of the local church 
being about ministry and fellowship. This is what we do. We minister and we fellowship with one another. Um, if you would open up your Bibles to Acts chapter, if you move your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, that's where we're going to be now. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> so in the early church, after the Holy Spirit has come on the believers and they're beginning to, to do ministry as, as ecclesia, as the church, um, Paul writes, uh, excuse me, Luke writes in um, Acts some words of helping us understand exactly what the early church was doing. So follow along with me, starting in verse 42. Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you see here, here's a, here's a layout of what the local church was doing in the early days. And I think that sometimes in our churches, we tend to maybe kind of put a lot of, add a lot of extra things on the side of this where some of those other things can tend to get lost. So here's, here's some of the list of what he says they should be, what the local church was doing, and I think some of the ways we should be doing too. One is devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. I love being a part of a church here at Eureka Bible Church that is strong and centers things on the teaching of God's word. Whether it's the women's Bible study, whether it's the men's group on Wednesday, whether it's youth group, kids connection, church worship service, the word of God is being pre preached and taught often. And that is something that is so important. We should center our lives as the ecclesia, as the church, about teaching God's word. Because there are a lot of things in this world we could listen to and talk about and think about, but there's nothing more important than filling and renewing our minds with the teaching of God's word. And so I want you to know that, that Pastor Aaron and I and the elders, we, we are motivated and we are very serious about teaching God's word. We, we want to put time into it. We want to make sure that we are teaching God's word the best way we can. And I, I always tell our students, like, if you see that something that I'm teaching and you don't think it's right, please come ask a question. You know, talk, ask about it. I, I say that for the church as a whole, too. We, if we are not teaching the word as we should, please come and ask questions or, or challenge us on those things because the word of God should be pre uh, preached and taught in a way that brings glory to him. And we want to make sure that we're always doing it correctly. And I just want to offer to the young people in the room, it, whether you're staying here at EBC for a long time or if you move on and go, live other places and you go to other churches, make sure that you're finding a church that is continuously teaching God's word and keeping that as the center of what they're doing because it's so important to have that. And then it talks about the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so I think the idea of the breaking the bread um, probably makes, might have a dual meaning and the idea of, of fellowshiping, fellowshiping with meals with each other, but also the idea of communion, um, that we need to be regularly spending time together, uh, fellowshiping around meals, but also celebrating the communion meal, which reminds us about what Jesus has done for us. So we need to be doing that. And we do see the idea of praying. I love that we have, have 
Uh, started doing this prayer meetings that we're doing monthly uh, together as a church. And I love that I see a lot of prayers, pray, little small groups of people praying. And whenever I see like Kids Connection or Youth or any group that's meeting, I always see a lot of prayer going on. Because we need to be talking to God. We need to be relating to him. And we don't just do that individually, right? We do it together as, as brothers and sisters of Christ. We come together to talk to the Lord as, as a group, as a church. And so we need to do that. And then it says there, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and, all, and had all things in common. You see a real strong unity there. They were believing together. They had all things in common. They were really unified. And it's a strong witness when that happens. People are seeing, especially in the world we live in today, there's so much disunity and fighting and, and division that when they see this local body of, of Christians that are unified in belief, unified in worship, and loving one another and having all things in common, they want to be a part of that. They want to see, they want to see that, and they want, it, they want to know it. They want to know what's going on here. Why is this happening? And so it gives you an opportunity uh, to be able to share the gospel with people. So they sold their possessions and belongings and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. So they would give of their stuff you know, when there was needs, and they would take care of those that were more poor or had health needs or other things in their, in their community, as, as I have seen in our church over and over again. And day by day, attending to the temple together, they, they met together often. They broke bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And I like that line right there because it says having favor with all the people because, again, they're attractive. They're, their witness is strong because of the way that they're living in unity with one another. And it says there that the reward of that was the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It's such a repeating idea you see in Acts that these, the church is growing because of their unity, because of their love for Christ, because of their, they're just so attractive because of their living so countercultural to what's going on in the world around them. So again, there's other things in our churches that we're going to do but these are some of the basics that I think that you should be seeing in the local church because it's allowing for fellowship to happen. It's allowing for ministry to happen. It's allowing for God's word to be taught. You're seeing things that are happening that lead to unity, but also to the witness to the world and to God's name being glorified among the nations. And so it's so important that we, we see some of the th these things that are going on in the local church. One of the things I want to share is is that I have seen so much uh, in this church more than I, in any other churches I've been a part of, just how much this church loves each other. In, in, in times of great times, like even just the, today, how many of you have given Macy hugs and loved on her and celebrated with her because of her decision? But I've, I've also seen how much you have come around people when there's tragedy. And I've seen it with Terhunes, with the Cernex, with other situations that have come along in our church, how much you've, you've loved on them. But I have personally felt your love and your care in many different situations as we fostered, as we went through infertility, as we have struggled with other things in our life. But just sharing one story um, with, with Christian's passing, um, the day that Christian passed away, um, I was feeling really low and really down and, and really just struggling very hard with his passing and we had had canceled what we were going to be doing with youth group that night 
Um, but I just really felt that the Lord was telling me that we needed to meet. We just needed to get together. We just needed to be together. And that night in our backyard where the, a lot of the youth families, youth leaders, and students came together in our backyard, and we hugged each other, we cried, we prayed together, I will never forget that moment the rest of my life because it was so powerful to see the Lord work. I, seeing students pray out loud to the Lord that I had, had never heard pray before out loud like that and, and just sharing, we were just sharing our hearts with each other and just struggling together. And, and, th- and that's what we do as the church, that we, we live life together, that we are in ministry together, we are, are fellowshipping together. And when we are struggling, we do it together. We are in this always as a unified body of Christ. And so I, I, that's one story of many that I could share of what the Lord has done for me personally in this church. I love being part of this church, and I'm thankful uh, that you all, that each, every, every one of you in this room has played a part in my life and my growth and my faith and my growth as a pastor, so I thank you for that. So you see here also in this passage that Paul is offering us an opportunity to just have like a template because again we're not going to follow this exactly everything exactly the way that is played out here but these are elements of of the church that we should be doing and one of the things that i want to make clear is is that what you see is happening here is that they are ministering together they are serving together because this isn't going to work out very well if if only one or two people are doing it and that's always been a trend in the local church in america now is where there's a very small amount of people that are doing a lot of the work. But what the Bible calls us to is everybody can have a part in ministering and serving. We don't just come here and sit here on Sunday mornings. We, we actually act, engage in worship. We engage in serving. We engage in fellowship with one another. Every person can play a part because of the gifts and abilities that the Lord has given us. There are no depth of words that I could share with you this morning to show you how vital the local church is to your, your health spiritually. Every single believer in Jesus Christ needs to regularly be a part of a church family. We need to come with eager hearts, looking to meet with God together for refreshment, for fellowship, for challenge. Again, this series is about renewing our minds, so we need to renew our minds through the, the teaching and the preaching of God's word and, and engaging in that and, and engage uh, with our minds as we pray together as we serve together, we need to renew our minds by doing that. Sometimes we need a hard word. We need a hard truth to be told to us because we're living worldly or we're not being connected to the church as we should. There are a lot of different ways that the church can help us, but I just want us to be challenged this morning that we come together as a local body, as the ecclesia, as the church to, to minister and serve together to fellowship with one another, and to live life together. This is my church family, and I hope that you see this as your church family. These are the people that care about you, that love you, and want to live life with you. And I pray that we will continue to do that in a strong manner. Would you flip your Bibles over to Hebrews chapter 10? I want to read this last passage this morning, Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to think about some of the biblical characters from the Old Testament especially that were faithful men and women of God. You think of like a, a Noah or a Moses or a Joseph or, or even a Ruth and Esther or David or Daniel. Think about some of the ways that they were able to walk in faith with the Lord. 
and how often they weren't just isolated men and women of God that did this, right? You always see that there's other people that are influencing in their life. Maybe somebody that was a parent or grandparent or friends or other people that are encouraging them to walk in the faith. Even in the New Testament, when you start to see the ecclesia and the church build, you start to see some of the great faithful apostles and characters of the New Testament are partnering with the local church and they're living under people that are guiding them as other believers because we need that. And so this last part I want to talk about is how the Bible tells us that we have this new confidence to, to draw near to Jesus because of our faith in him, that it leads us to being a part of the body of Christ that leads us towards uh, being a strong believer by being a part of the local church. So Hebrews chapter 10, if you would follow along with me in verse 19. The word of God reads, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So you know that the, the author of Hebrews often is talking about the, the Old Testament sacrificial system and how it works to its completion and, and working through with, with what Jesus has done. And so what you see here in this passage is he's telling us that no longer is it just the priest that's going to go to that be able to enter and freely enter into the holy place. That now we all, as followers of Jesus, have the confidence and the ability to enter the holy place because of what the blood of Jesus has done for us. By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, he tore that curtain in half through his flesh, and since we have a great priest now over the house of God through Jesus, let us draw near. That is what we are called to do. We are to draw near confidently to what Jesus has done for us. Jesus' work has purified our inner person to the point where now we can meet with God together. When God, when Jesus, when God sees us, he sees Jesus' blood on us, Jesus' righteousness on us because of what he's done for us. These are hopeful truths, right? That we are able to now, as followers of Christ, enter in confidence to meeting with Jesus because of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. He guides us towards that. That now with our hearts being sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed pure with pure water because of the forgiveness of it by his grace that he's given us, we are not just drawing near with a true heart. Now we are able to hold fast. We are to hold on to that confession of our hope without wavering for he who is promised is faithful. This is the reason, brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, this is the reason why we are a part of the church, why we are together and unified as the body why we minister and serve and fellowship together. This is the very reason. Because we now can draw near with a true heart. Now we can hold fast to the confession of our hope because of what Jesus has done for us. We are able to confidently live for him. And it says in verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That is how we minister to each other. That is the most important thing that we can do as a body of believers is to stir one another up 
to love and good works. We'll start with love. We are to love each other. Even if sometimes we don't feel it or don't want to do it, our emotions just don't tell us we should do it, we are to love one another. In the hard times, in the good times, the bad times, all the, all the times of our lives as a church, as a body, we are to love one another. It's not always going to be easy, and we're going to have pride, and we're going to struggle and, and fall in these areas, but we look to always have the goal of loving one another. So how well are you doing, brother and sister Christ, in your love for the other believers in this room? Are you truly seeking out people to pray for them, to, to love on them, to help them, even if it's hard? Because we are called to love one another. And we are called to do good works. Obviously, we know as, as followers of Christ, we are not saved by our good works. But we are saved to do good works. We have been called to do good works because Christ's righteousness is on us. So now we have the ability to fight off sin and to fight off the pride in our hearts to be able to serve other people in this room by doing good works. So how are you doing this morning with that, brother and sister in Christ? Are you doing good works to build up your brother and sister in Christ that are in this room, even if it's hard, even if it's, even don't feel like you want to do it sometimes, maybe if you're tired, you have a lot going on in your own life. Are you still setting aside those things to love your brother and sister in Christ by doing good works? Because that's what this passage calls us to do. The last challenge that it offers us in that passage is this, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you stay the day drawing near. Jen Wilkins says, gathering together is how we gain the mutual encouragement that we need to continue on with love and good works. So when we gather together, we have the opportunity to live that out, but we also have the opportunity to encourage and challenge each other to do that throughout the week. We come together to refresh each other, to worship the Lord, so we're ready to go out the rest of the week and do that outside of the church. So we gather to prepare ourselves to go out and live those things out outside of the church. So we are stirred and called to not neglect to meet together. I want us to be challenged this morning that the, the scriptures tell us that we need to be committed to the local church. And one of the things that I want to tell you is you're going to be hurt as an individual if you choose to continually not come to church, if you put other things in front of that, if you make other priorities above going, coming to the local church. You will be hurt individually, but I want to also challenge you about something else. You also are hurting your other brothers and sisters in Christ when you're not here because you're not using your gifts, because you're not encouraging that brother and sister in Christ that may really need it that day. You might not think you're a very good singer, but we need to hear your voice. We need to hear all of your voices singing. Whether if you're a great singer, if you're not, we all, you need to worship the Lord and we need to do it together. We need to hear each other. We need to be encouraged by that. So when you don't come to church or you make it a regular habit of not coming to church, everybody else is missing out too. Your brothers and sister Christ, your local church is missing out. So we need to make it a priority to be here, to meet together to be a part of the local church. But I also would encourage you, the passage says, the opposite of not meeting together as the have of some is not to just be at church. What's, what's it say? But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
We don't just come to church to just be a warm body in the pew. We come to church to serve, to worship, to fellowship together. So not only do you come to church, you need to come to church with the attitude of engaging and serving as you can. Obviously, we know that not everybody can serve in the same capacity and ability for different health reasons or other things going on. But the general attitude of our hearts as Christians is we, we make it every effort and we should be eager to be here on Sundays. And, and for your kids or others, maybe Wednesday nights or whatever other, other time, they should be eager to be here, but also eager as we get here to worship, to fellowship, to minister together, to be used by God to encourage the body, to be a witness to the world, and to glorify God's name. So we don't just come together, we come together to encourage one another. We are called to serve and to worship and to fellowship together. We all need each other. And so I think it's important for us this morning to be reminded that we are called to come together as the body of Christ. It is the purpose. We are called to come together as the body, to worship, to fellowship, to minister together, to be together. Again, there, there is just no depth of words that I could speak to you that can't remind you of how important it is to be a part of the church. Do you have that, that quote that you can put up there? This is a quote from David Platt that I wanted you to see. So here's what it says. Being a member of the local church is not very important to many professing Christians today. Church shopping are, and uh, church hopping and shopping are um, common in much of evangelicalism as people are kind of wavy on their committing um, the things to the local church. It is important for every Christian to commit, to be committed to the local church. But I want you to see that last part. As we are committed to the local church, by doing so, we say to the church body, if you wander from the Lord, I'm coming after you. And if I wander from the Lord, I want you to come after me. This is the kind of care Jesus calls us to. Such powerful words and reminders of how much we need to love each other to the point of when, we're, when you've been gone a few weeks, I'm coming after you. And if I, if I have not been coming to church, obviously I'm a pastor, so I'm going to probably be here. But just saying, like, if I, if I were just a regular member, if you're a regular member and you're just not there, you, you come after them. You want to know, why have you been gone? Are you sick? Uh, is there something wrong? you have a relational issue? What's happening? Because we care for each other that much that we want each other to be here. And we, want, we need each other. We all need each other. Such powerful words from David Platt with that. So we come together to renew our minds as the body of believers. We, we are coming together to renew our minds through fellowship and the teaching of God's word, praying together, looking for ways to, that we can encourage and love on each other. So what is it this morning that you as a, as a follower of Christ have been challenged to with being a part of the local church? We can make all kinds of excuses about why we can't be here or why we can't serve here, or why we can't continue to be connected to this church. So what is it that you're hearing from the Lord this morning? Maybe some of you this morning just need to start being more engaged when you're here, that you need to, to fellowship and talk with one another and, and find ways to serve. Some of you might need to be a part of the church by becoming a member. Maybe some of you need to want to join the church or join a council to lead or serve in a ministry that you've been avoiding to serving for a long time. 
Let us, as the body of believers, be challenged this morning to be reminded about what the purpose of the local church is. It's to be a body of Christ, united in belief and love for one another, coming together to worship, to serve, to minister, and to witness to the world around us. Let's do that together. Let us be a light on the hill that cannot be hidden, bringing glory to God as we unify as the body of Christ to make his name known, stirring each other up to, to love and to good works. Would you stand as we close in prayer? Lord, Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to work through this together with my church family, our church family. What a great benefit it is to have a church family that loves each other so well. We're not perfect. We have had our struggles, but we know, Lord, that you are in our midst. You're working in our church. And Lord, I pray that we will continue to strive to be engaged as we're here, to be committed to being here, to be committed to this church, as we try to live out what it is that your word calls us to do. Lord, I pray that we will teach the word faithfully. I pray that we will pray often with one another. I pray as we sing songs of worship, these closing two songs, I think we'll pray that we'll be reminded of how much we need each other's voices as an encouragement of worship to you. And Lord, I just pray that we will continue to um, move forward as a church in unity as a body. Uh, Lord, that you will allow our church as unity together to be a witness to the world around us, that when people come in through our doors or they see us in the community, that they'll, they'll see how much that we are a united family in belief and love for one another. And Lord, I pray that we will strive to really engage each other, that we'll be transparent and open with one another, that we won't hide our struggles and our sins, but we will be open with one another about those things, that we'll be willing to ask for help when we need it, and we'll be willing to offer help when it's needed by somebody else. Lord, we all have been given gifts. We all have been given abilities. And Lord, help us to continue to use those, not for our own benefit, but for the glory of you and for, for our church body to, to grow together. Lord, we're so grateful for the opportunity that we have week in and week out to come together to do these different things, these different elements of, of being able to, to worship you. And so, Lord, help us to be reminded this morning that because of what you have done for us, by your death and your resurrection, your grace that you have shown to us, because we profess faith in you, that we are able to now draw near and to hold fast and able to meet together as the ecclesia, as the church, and help us to do it in a way that brings glory to you, Lord, and to honor your name as when, when we meet together. Lord, I'm thankful for every person in this room and how much they've meant to me over these last few years, and I, I pray that we have many more years together of, of service and worship and fellowship with one another. Thank you for this time we could enter into reading your word, and I thank you for the things that you've encouraged us with and challenged us with, and I pray we will take these things out this week and put them into practice in our life. I pray all this in your great and gracious name. Amen.